And we're live. We're going. Doing it. Episode four. <laughs> episode four. <laughs> just episode four. <laughs> episode this nine. Is, this is episode nine. <laughs> Welcome Might back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're just gonna we're gonna get right into it. I think at this point, if uh, if you're listening, you know what to do and. Give us a, that rating, review, like, subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts now, uh, so if that is your preferred uh, listening platform, we are on there. Uh, so head over there and do whatever you do on Apple Podcasts. I don't know. I don't use Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. But, up. <laughs> um, yeah, so welcome back. Episode 9. Uh, next week we have our, our special guest on. Uh, pretty excited for that. It's going to be a really cool episode, so be sure to tune in for that one. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Brandon. Let's do it up. What's going on, man? Dude, it's just another day in paradise, man. How are, how have the holidays been? Busy, but not busy. Is that Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> because like, I feel like I'm in a very similar boat. <laughs> right. Like, I kind of, I think back, and I felt like the whole time I was busy, but I also felt like the whole time I didn't do anything. Yeah. It was, like, a lot of energy into, like, nothing. Yeah. And uh, now I'm at the beach, which is nice. It's been good to kind of disconnect. I'm not fully disconnected, obviously. I'm here right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At 11 o'clock at night. At 11 o'clock. Um, but it's it's been good to kind of be away from everything in in new york and just uh decompress a little bit for sure um i've still been training which has been cool found a found a gym down here and uh it's like a boxing gym which yeah it's like, like a ufc gym or something <laughs> i no, not ufc straight up boxing like uh uh-huh. um you know, a whole bunch of heavy bags. There's an actual ring. Um, you know, there's there seems to always be someone in there that's just punching shit. So yeah, <laughs> it's been interesting. Um, leg day was pretty pretty subpar. <laughs> I can't get this light. I can't get this light to work. <laughs> <laughs> you look great. Yeah, don't don't mind me. Um. Yeah, leg day was pretty subpar. The equipment there just wasn't good. Um, yeah. When I was looking through the photos of the place before we went there, I saw a linear hack squat, and I got really excited because I haven't hack squatted in forever. But it was one of those body-solid hack squat leg press machines. And basically, it was good at neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> It was one of those two-in-one machines that was really just a zero-in-one machine. Yeah, total zero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a hack squat, you couldn't even like come close to depth. Hmm. Um, and like the angles of everything was super weird. And then leg press, again, you couldn't even come close to depth. And the angle of what you were pressing on was just fucked up. Doo-doo. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was so bad. So That's... that was that was worthless. I still RDL'd though, so that was fun. I did see that. 
after after sitting all day, it still went pretty well, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> was, you drove down, bro. Yeah. Today. No, no, no. no. Or yesterday. No, you've been there for a little bit, actually. Two days two, ago. Yeah. Yeah, two days ago. Uh, drove down, 12-hour drive. Um, and I was really thinking my hips were going to be super, super locked up. Yeah. Going into the session, but I actually, I felt okay. Um, mm. I think, ironic or, or kind of interestingly enough, uh, I took some extra time in my warm-up. And I adjusted my stance a little bit. I actually brought my feet in a little bit closer. And I think it helped me a lot. I think I was standing a little bit too wide. And it made it difficult for me to, I guess, externally rotate enough mm. um, to have, you know, proper leverages coming out of the bottom. So it'll be cool to kind of take that adjustment when I'm back home and fully fresh and, you know, things are standard going into a session. Um, that'll be cool. See how mm. differences. I'm uh, I'm in a competition with Calvin now. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Calvin. I think you pronounce his last name as Burgess. Yeah, Burgess. Oh. Uh, yeah, Calvin Burgess. Um, we are now in a competition for the first one to RDL four twenty five nine times. Holy shit! <laughs> um, so that's fun. I it's I I love Calvin. Um, I just have in my own head a little rivalry with him, and I just continuously try and like yeah. one up all of this stuff that he does. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you guys are pretty close in all your lifts, yeah, right? Yeah, we're we're super Obviously. super close in most of our lifts. Yeah. Um, I think he far out presses me, but mm-hmm. that doesn't surprise me. Um, my presses are shit. <laughs> so be it. Um, but yeah, and like leg stuff. Um. We definitely kind of go back and forth, which is fun. And he, he's blowing me out of the water with rows right now. So, yeah. Uh, what is he rowing? I think he rowed, I think he rowed like 335 for like 11. <laughs> okay. And my last row was 325 for like eight. Yeah. There's a big difference there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't sound like it's that far off, but in terms of rowing, there's a lot. That's a lot yeah. there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's it's fun to have someone to just, like, in a very, very friendly, competitive manner, just kind yeah, of go back and forth with, right? It, yeah. it kind of drives you, and you're like, I got to get one more rep yeah. just to just to kind of beat the person. Yeah. It's <laughs> healthy competition. Beat it, and, and you just keep going back and forth, and it, it drives progression, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. All, all, in, all in friendly competition. So that's right. been fun. Uh, I did push today, cool. and actually went really, really well. I was really excited about the session. I, I switched to incline press. Uh, I've been flat pressing for a while. Um, barbell. For those of you that don't watch my training, um, I've been flat barbell pressing for a while, and just recently I've started to develop uh, just some pain in my armpit area. Okay. And um, is it near your pec, or is it like literally like inside of your armpit? It's like it's pretty inside. It's it's kind of like underside of the pec. 
Okay. Um, so I, I made the adjustment today and switched to incline from flat and see what, how it felt. Um, and it actually felt a lot better. Uh, mm. But I think, I think where the issue is actually stemming from is my machine flies. Um, I always feel machine flies super heavy right in the front belt. Mm. Um, and I just, I have a really hard time with that movement and getting it set up properly and doing it right. And uh, I think it's just putting so much extra stress uh, right in here mm. that uh, it's then carrying over to when I, when I flat press. Okay. Um, so it, it wasn't like flat press was the issue or um, the cause of the issue. And so I'll, I'll be taking machine flies back out and figuring out some other um, exercise to put in. I haven't decided yet. Um, but I do think I am going to transition back over to incline. Um just from the last couple weeks, my uh, my flat press kind of stalled a little bit, and I think I have a lot of progressive runway with incline again. Um, so I'm just going to make the switch over and, and hopefully have everything up in here feel a little bit better before I go back to to flat pressing again. Yeah. Um, to me, I see them as pretty interchangeable movements, and if one feels better than the other. Um, just kind of go for it, yeah. um, for the most part. Um, well, what about you, man? What have you been doing? How's your training been going? Training, training been good. I <laughs> <laughs> just have been eating. Yeah, I have so many have questions. Been. Have you been eating? <laughs> I have been eating. Thank God. Good. Um, good. these uh, the past couple, like we were kind of saying earlier like the past couple weeks have been a little bit more sporadic but without a doubt i'm hitting my recommended meal requirements it's just the macros within them need to be tightened up a little bit and nick actually adjusted them i believe two days ago and i actually just got around to looking at them today so i'm at three meals 65 gp um in all three meals the fourth one is like a freebie. So it's three meals that are like planned. And then the fourth one's kind of like a freebie. You just got to make sure that I hit my protein and then I kind of just pick out kind of. Um, so that's really nice. It's like such a relief. <laughs> yeah, that pizza dude. I know, seriously. I, I was like really tight on time today and I couldn't get um, pizza, but I, I couldn't get pizza, but it crossed my mind on my way to the gravity vault today. I was like, I should buy some pizza. I just didn't have time. But pizza's going back in for sure. I haven't had pizza in like three weeks now, so I'm definitely missing it. A lot of runway with pizza. A lot of runway with pizza. All right. How's, uh, how's your weight been moving now that meals are kind of changed? Um, weight hasn't really budged too much, and I think it's just because the caloric requirements aren't where they should be. So, like, the the thing that has changed is my mentality towards my meals. Like, knowing that I don't have to hit six meals every day right. is actually such a relief. And, right. like, by the time, like, even, like, hitting meal one, I'm like, all right, today is already locked because I just hit right. two meals and that's literally it, you know? Like, I can hit two meals before I work out and I have the food that I need in me before and then I can just smash another meal 
right after and then the freebie right after that so it's like it's much better on me mentally and that alone like it's kind of funny like nothing really changed except for just what was written in stone and that you know what i mean like because it was less things to program into your day it was yeah it was less things to worry about like literally i'd wake up and i'd start my day with anxiety because i was like if i don't get these first like three meals in i'm mm, fucked like that's it you know i'm not i'm not gonna be able to to kind of bounce back from that so that's good um meals are here and now it's just up to the macros to kind of fall where they may i was i was surprised to see 65 grams of protein um per Per meal? meal yeah but it makes sense though you know oh over four meals yeah. What is that? Two fifty. Two ten. Two. Basically, like two sixty. Yeah, basically. Cause like, or I'm sorry, two forty ish, two forty ish. That is a lot. Although those the those fives do trickle in, so it's probably around like two fifty five, sixty, two sixty. Yeah. So that is that is pretty high. It's the highest okay. amount of protein I've ever been uh, assigned before. So. I'm yeah, also that's eating it. <laughs> What did you say? I said I'm also eating 250 right now. Yeah. yeah. And how many meals are you eating? Five? Five. Yeah. 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 Is that like 40 GP each? 50. 50 a meal. Gotcha. Yeah, weird. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's going well. And I've also been sleeping much better. I've yeah. not, I haven't gone to bed like past 12 i mean tonight might be an exception Um, but i like yeah i haven't really gone to bed past 12 like since i kind of made it a point to go to sleep not past 12 um so that's kind of nice um and my lifts are going up um i had a nice row yeah (laughs) i had a nice row um and uh, and I had a nice I I did legs today I had a really nice pull today on the RDL, um, just decided to slap on the twenty five instead of two tens today, and hey, pulled two eighty five for five so that was fun, um, and yeah, and then um, instead of doing the lunges now with like loaded I've just been doing occluded ten minutes body weight mm-hmm. but I think I need to add a little bit more because i'm already kind of like i'm not like used to it already but it's like i'm i need to bump the intensity up just a little bit more so i'm probably gonna grab hold of some dumbbells and probably walk for a little bit or i'll just walk for a little bit longer but i think i'm gonna add a little bit of weight maybe and start including them yeah i wouldn't because i don't really want to lunge for 12 minutes or 15 minutes so I may as well just like add the load and just take it to the 10 minutes like I was doing. It was that's really just like me doing something stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Intelligently stupid. Right. Because <laughs> it's OK yeah. to do, but it's something that definitely challenges you and it requires the stability that you normally need. And it's occluded. So it's just like, OK, yeah. <laughs> intensity's there and, yep. and the other stuff is there that we need to pay attention to. So, yeah. Um, it felt badass to row 225 two weeks ago, and now it's like, now it's like a normal thing, and now I have to row 285, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like I have to pull 285 a few more times before I can row it, so, um, yeah, yeah, we're we're probably going to be cleaning things up just a little bit. You know what, it's, 
you can't always have everything be perfectly clean the first time you try a new weight. You know, don't don't let yourself get paralyzed by needing perfect reps the first time you touch a weight. Mm-hmm. You know, um, give yourself some room to be dirty. You know, get the stimulus that's going to force you to grow and adapt to moving that weight and then and then clean it up from there yeah pretty much it's like a it's like a three or four week cycle right you test a new weight when you test the new weight you're just trying to hit the bottom of your rep range right and then it's probably a little bit dirty depending on how much you jump the weight and then the next week is just focused on trying to clean up and at least match reps. Mm-hmm. And cleaned it up there. And then you're looking to up a rep. And then you're looking to up a rep. And then you're looking to increase weight again. Yep. And expect that when you increase weight, it's not going to be a perfect. It, it's, it's literally just you take a weight, you move well. And then you take a weight you don't move so well, and you work on moving the weight that you don't move so well the same exact way that you move a weight well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that made Pretty right. much. You're just trying to perform reps and sets progressively heavier, but over time make them look the same. Yeah. The first time you do it, it's not going to look the same, you know. There, there's a confidence aspect that comes into that. There's, um, you know, there's, there's parts of your body that have never felt that weight loaded that way before. Um, and then you are readjusting for how that weight feels in your hands. And, you know, there's all these things that when you are testing a new weight, which really... You know, the way we train, we PR more than anybody because we we are literally PRing every single week, whether mm-hmm. it's a rep PR or a weight PR. Mm-hmm. Um, but our our goal is to PR every time. Yeah, we all of our programming is based off of progressive overload, and so when when you do that. You you can't expect your first jump up in weight to look exactly like the weight you just left. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, You're probably gonna get bullied a little bit. Yeah. And and but I, I really think confidence actually has a big part to play in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you kinda go into the set and oh because we know it's a PR, right? We we know it's the first time we've touched the weight for that movement, at least. Um, and so it's like, I don't know how this is going to go, but yeah. we just do it. But yeah. then after you, after you do it once, you're like, oh, wow, I'm not dead. <laughs> we then, yeah. then go into the next cycle, and we have the confidence knowing that we can handle the weight without yeah. it destroying us. Yeah. And and then you just move it better. Mhm. Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely 
it, like it, an important piece is like we deserve or like we own the weight that we're working with to deserve the weight above it. You know, like we make sure that we can move well with the weight that we're working with. And then it isn't until we've established some sort of, um, you know, per- proficiency, like with that movement or we're, it looks super clean or we've hit our rep ranges and then we increase because we know that we've deserved those loads and that the increase that we're going to give ourselves will allow us to fall within the rep range below, which is typically like the six to eight. So like for those yeah. of you guys who don't really know, um, we we rock two sets and that's literally it. Pretty much on all of our exercises, we do just two sets. That is it, which sounds crazy to a lot of people. Like I tell people that and they're like, what? And and also I think the the progressing thing too. It's like I tell someone that I PR every week, right. or someone will be like, "Is that was that a PR?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it was a PR." And they'll be like, "Whoa!" Like I'm pretty sure I saw you PR like the week before. Like I have a friend that like definitely looks at my numbers, which I feel like really thankful for because I'm like, "Yo, who the hell like cares?" You know what I mean? But I do have right. one friend that's like, "Yo, like, like I feel like he gets kind of sus because it's like, like I PR, and then I PR." And then I PR, you know what I mean? He's like, what the fuck? Like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? And it just comes down to just being super. It just comes in all, in all honesty. I attribute it to the two set mentality because the two set mentality is unlike any other. So I wanted to ask you a question. And that was just, um, do you have like a favorite rep scheme that you like to chill with? So you've got like pyramids, like that pyramid down, so like 15, 12, 10, 8, or you can pyramid up, you can go 8, 10, 12, 15, where like you kind of decrease load but increase repetitions. Do you like 5 by 5, 10 by 10, or do you prefer the the rep range that we're working with right now? Oh, I'm definitely a topside downside guy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, 100%. Um, there's some movements that I've actually added a third set to, mm-hmm. um, but that's after a straight a year. year. <laughs> uh, yeah, a whole year of literally doing two sets of everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I finally, I'm just now to a point where I'm like, okay, and also take in, I'm eating a lot now, <laughs> and um. You know, I'm finally to a point where I'm like, okay, I think on this exercise, this specific exercise, I think I can handle a third set. Yeah. And I'll be okay. Um, right? It's like <laughs> one exercise is what I add a third set to. And all the rest of my cycle is still two sets. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's very very specific in what you know we choose to add volume to mm-hmm. um because as we talked about i think in the previous podcast was the point of programming is to find a balance that allows you to perfectly recover from session to session right yeah. uh we talked about this when we were talking about deloads in a perfect world, vacuum, whatever, you should never need a deload because yeah. you should perfectly recover. <laughs> mm-hmm. But can't always happen. Um, but yeah, when, when I you know, work with Nick and we decide to put in a third set, it's because we've done so much testing and come to the conclusion that we can add volume here 
and it's not going to dig me a hole. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, another side to that is in this year, I've learned to execute those two sets perfectly. Yeah. Right. Um, so I've learned to get the absolute most out of those two sets that I'm working within. And once you learn and, and execute that well, you can then figure out where to add volume. Yeah, you can set. introduce a little bit more either right. volume or intensity to things. Yeah, right. And I think um, that... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, kind of where I was going with that is a lot of people that program for five sets are just because their first two or three sets are worthless to them. Right? Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't achieve the stimulus until their last two sets. Yeah. We've cut out all of that extra work and instead just learned to perfectly execute two sets. Yeah. Like imagine if you had like a flashlight and it, w- and it had like a super wide beam that's literally you just doing like 10 sets of 10 and just like wasting all of your energy. And what we yep. do is we take two sets and we narrow our beam, we narrow our focus and our intensity and our effort into literally two sets and get like the maximum amount of stimulus that you could possibly get out of those sets. Yep. Yeah. With, with something like 10 sets of 10, if you can somehow manage to do the first set of 10 and the last set of 10 with the same weight, you wasted every set except for the last one. Yeah. Yeah, like if you did like eight reps, eight reps, eight reps, all up until set nine, and then on set 10, you're like, all right, it's time to just lay it all on the table. <laughs> and you get 15. It's like, you Joe Schmo, you weren't even working those first like nine sets. Exactly. exactly. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'll you'll ask. I've asked people before. I've watched them do a set, and I'll just be like, "Why did you stop? Why did you stop your set? Why did you stop doing reps?" And they're like, "Well, I I got to save energy for the next set." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just you just wasted your ability to output." Yeah. You yeah. left five reps on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I call so, it junk volume is what I call it. Yeah, right. And that's, that's exactly what it is. It's just people program a whole bunch of junk volume because instead of learning to train uh, with proper intensities and effort, um, they can just throw in a ton of volume and they know that they'll eventually, you know, create the stimulus to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like what they're doing is throwing a grenade in a pond. And, <laughs> and I don't know what we're like, just like sniping the water. We're like, <laughs> yeah, we're just like, we're just like, we have water vision goggles. So. <laughs> We have water vision goggles, and we can see the fish in the pond, and so we are specifically taking out what we want. Yeah, yeah, we're getting the most that out of the least. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> we're, 
<laughs> 11, 11 o'clock analogies, man. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but we are getting the most out of the least instead of, right. you know, the least out of the most. And if you also think about it in yeah, another yeah. in another way, it's like if you can if you're if you push the the ceiling of like adaptation. So if you do like oh, can you hear me? Gucci. Let me know if we're back. I think we're back. We back? I think so. Alright, cool. Um, the other thing that I just was going to say was like, if you are pushing things, if you push the volume up all the way, it takes away from the amount of runway that you have potentially in the future. Because we do two sets, we have that much more runway because we can add another set or like we always do, we can add more weight until we get extremely proficient. And then you make the call to add that, that set. And then in adding that set, you've just added yourself uh, more stimulus. If you've already capped out that that aspect of of things then you can't really progress anymore you know it's like if you start with 10 sets what are you going to do add an 11th like now <laughs> what you should yeah. do is kind of taper back um reduce the amount of size that you're taking up i guess in that area and then like streamline shoot it somewhere important where it needs to go instead of just like blah like just take all of my energy away uh, learn to be maximally efficient with the least amount of work yep yeah i mean you can even pull it back to one set like there there's some things if you really went in and to get the most out of one set you would really have to be able to take it mentally to a different place um but you could do it yeah um but you would just you would have to be so proficient at what you do um two sets gives us a little bit more runway um or i guess uh flexibility to not have a perfect set right only only having one set demands perfection every time you go in mm -hmm. uh, it's generally not feasible. But yeah, I wouldn't like, say it's logical for progression, yeah, I guess. Right, right, exactly. Like, um, something that I would want that is like a hack squat. But that one set would be something that I would, I would probably rest pause it. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and it would be a set to like 50 reps. Yeah. Or it would be timed like yeah. you have to be on this hack squat trying to do reps for the next eight minutes yeah. go some intelligently planned stupidity right exactly yeah yeah i, I call them stupid sets <laughs> yeah. right it, it's one set and it's really there to challenge your mental willpower mm -hmm. because it would never be something that you could just standardly program and try to progress mm -hmm. um one because they will bury you doing one of those will put you out for a couple of days yeah, yeah. Um, and two tracking it just track trying to track a set like that is so hard 
in terms of rep standardization, how many reps you actually did, Mm -hmm. you know, how long did you take in between reps? So like, you know, maybe let's say I tried to track a hack squat set to 50, you know, I've completed 50 two different times with the same weight. One of them, I took two breaths in between each rep. The other one, I took 10 breaths in between each rep. Mm. You know, um, keeping track of all of those things make a difference in the set. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, stupid sets are fun to throw in every once in a while. Just to challenge yourself, see what you're capable of, see, uh, see how many screws you got loose. And then, uh, but don't, it's not something to program. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you're kind of feeling, you're, you're either feeling good or you've had a really bad day in the gym and you're just like, I have to do something yeah. insane to make me feel better. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They are emotionally good for me. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. I also started, I also started adding stupid smart sets for just like random things like probably four weeks ago. Yeah. Just because I've been dumbbell walking lunging for like a year and a half. So like I kind of felt like I was like beating my head against a wall with that. So I moved to like occlusion things. Um occluded leg extensions for a hundred reps rest pauses in between that that was pretty humbling and yeah. I, that was like the most humbling out of everything that i've done so far i could still do like occluded bulgarians i'm already doing the dumb the walking lunge with nothing in my hand but i think i need to start adding load so i don't know <laughs> i should just go back to walking lunges you have a leg bar? i do i do not like not like a stack one, but like a plate loaded one. Yeah. Get on that thing. Included. Doesn't even have to be. Just start going. Just start going. Take a weight that you think you can do for twenty, and then find a way to get fifty. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Just do things like that. Yeah. Uh, I actually might do that in place of whatever I do next time. Just give it a try. Yeah. Uh, Another one that's fun is uh, they're called railroads. And so you're you're on the leg press. And it's this whole pyramid. I know we aren't big on pyramids, but this one is... This one's something different. Uh, Not many people have actually completed it. (laughs) Only the but, chosen one. <laughs> it's it's fun to see how far you can go. And then, um, you know, try and make it to the next step. But basically what you do is you're on, you're on a plate loaded leg press. And you do one plate per side for 10 reps. Two plates per side for 20 reps. Three plates per side for 30 reps. Right. All the way up. All the way up for 10 plates per side for 100 reps. My and dude. then back down. All right. Well, all the way back down. When I'm done with my first cycle, I will come back to you. 
Because <laughs> goddamn. Templates, yeah. I get crushed. I get dead bugged immediately yeah. under templates. But, but, you know, make make an adaptation to it. Do it with 25. Yeah, I might just, like, half-plate everything that you just said until I get the five right. plates. Or, or just um, just do it, you know, one plate per side, do it for 10, and then two for 20, and go as far as you can go. Can you yeah. do three plates for 30 reps? And then if that's as far as you can go, come back down. So do you, so you put one plate on and then you do 10 reps and then you put two and then you put another one on and then you do 20 reps. You're not just doing another 10 to get to 20. Right. You're doing another 20 reps. Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. All right. It's, uh, I think it's like a, it's like a thousand reps set. And that sounds pretty deadly. Well, sounds pretty deadly. not set, not set. It's a, it's a jumble of sets. Right, you do one plate per side for ten, and then you know take a second, catch your breath, two, and then go. Right? We talking like a it works, second? It works really well if you have a partner that you can kind of trade off with. Okay. So think about it that way. Okay. Fair Basically, enough. as long as you took to do the set, take that as your rest period. Okay. All right. Yeah, it sounds like it would make my eyes bleed. Yeah, it will. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I will let you know how that goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting. See how far you can make it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, holy shit. Like, makes me nervous you already. Can, <laughs> you can willpower leg press pretty far. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there's kind of always one more. Left. Yeah, I tell us everyone. And... So that's a fun run to see just how far you can take it. Um, if I had a leg press in my gym, I would definitely do them every once in a while. Just to see how far I could make it. Bam. I don't think I'd make it past five plates. That'd be intense, bro. I think I could make it halfway up. That is intense as hell. I mean, like, you're a little bit stronger than me, so it's a little bit, I mean, it's still intimidating as all hell, but you're a little bit stronger than me. You would, without a doubt, get a little bit farther than me. I'd probably die. I'd probably die, like, three plates in, honestly. Try it. See where you land. Mm -hmm. We shall see. And then, uh, do it once a month. Yeah. (laughs) Just bring and the cojones out once a month. I'll bring my goggles so that when I bleed, we'll just fill up with blood. When your eyes pop out, it'll yep. catch them. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I'll wear earmuffs. Yeah. <laughs> Keep my brain from falling out of my ears. And uh, we'll be good. And a diaper. And a diaper. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Need that one. Um. <laughs> Yeah, um, programming's fun. Those things are fun. That sounds like fun. I like how we say this, like stuff like this is fun. Yeah. Like, I have clients that don't like getting sore. I think I lost you there. Are they what? Oh, are you lost me? <laughs> it's probably better that way no i just said oh. that I, I it's funny that we call this stuff fun but like like at the same time i have clients that like get sore and they don't like getting sore 
and I have to like teach them <laughs> that like this is a good pain, you know. Yeah. Mm. It's an acquired uh-huh. taste. Mm-hmm. You know? It's kind of like like what do you think it takes to like do that? You know, to like get to that position where you're at like the end of your set, but you're only like halfway there and you know it mentally, but you're like, you know what I mean? Like you're totally gassing yourself and you know that you're gassing yourself and you're, you're tired, but you don't give up. You keep going. You keep pushing. Like there are a lot of people that would stop like with five reps in the tank. You've seen it. I've seen it. We see people do that all the time. Like, do you think it's as easy as just, like, telling someone, like, don't drop that weight. Just keep going. And they'll do it. Or do you think that it takes something from inside? And if it is, how do you get that light switch? Um, how do we install that? <laughs> I don't think... I think it's one of those things you either have it or you don't, mm. uh, honestly. But I, I think it's kind of the way that you approach going into the set. Um, you know, I when I try and explain rep ranges to my clients, this is how I try and instill the light switch, <laughs> is I, I tell them we have a rep range so that we can gauge what load we should put on the bar but every time you go into a set it's an amrap yeah yeah without a doubt. Have, like no questions right every single time um if you loaded up the bar and your rep range is six to eight and you made it to eight no problem keep going you're getting nine this time. Like, just, right, just, just keep going. Because if you don't, you then write in your logbook that you did that weight for eight. And then next week, when you go back and look at it, you're like, oh, okay, I got it for eight. I should go up a little bit. Yeah. But if you could rep it out to 15... You're just you're just putting yourself weeks and weeks behind. Okay. See, I was on a different track than you. In my mind, putting eight in that logbook, and then the next week you put an eight, that following week, I'd be like, all right, I better be up a rep here, or these past two weeks have been just BS. Like, I better be up if that's, like, happening to me. But but you're right. Like, if you leave that many reps in the tank, like, you're, you're muffing up. For sure. Yeah. It's just, you're, you're cutting yourself short. Yeah. You know, aside from, you know, not even creating the stimulus that you need to grow, you're you're cutting yourself short in learning where your actual potential lies. Yeah. Right? And, and where you should be starting your sets. Mm-hmm. Because when you only get two sets, you got to be on the money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, our logbook is our roadmap. Yeah. We, we figure out our direction forward by looking behind. Yeah. There's a lot more to the two sets than just, oh, two sets. Right. It, it's, it's not just, yeah, I only feel like doing two sets today. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not no. a easy thing. 
No. It's literally like, yeah. thank God I don't have to do a third set. <laughs> right. Because I'll die. <laughs> yeah, literally, dude. Like, if I had to do a third set of RDLs, I'd be caked. I mean, depending on the rep range, but still, I'd be. That's what I put in. I'd be pretty gassed. You I know? put in the third set of RDLs. That was the exercise you did it to. Yep. Yep. Well, that is your baby. Just... So that is your baby. <laughs> I, I decided I was I was proficient enough, mm-hmm. and I was walking away from my sets, my two sets well enough that i felt like i could do a third okay yeah 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 i just i I felt good enough about the two sets lost you a little bit sorry brady i lost you a little bit yeah that's okay um basically what i was saying i just um I was feeling very, very good. You're going and slow-mo again. So are you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm feeling really good. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you got to have technical difficulties sometimes. Yep, it's got to happen. Here or there. You good? We back? Not really. <laughs> Not back yet. Not back. We were doing so good. I mean now. Oh my goodness. You look like a video game It's because you have that, that North Carolina Wi Fi mixed in with this New York Wi Fi. Doesn't like it. Oh. We can't mix broadbands. Like this. I got you back. I'm back. Oh, never mind. I kind of got you a little bit too. You're back a little bit. Still doing the robot. Let me know if we're back. I think it's me. Just you? Oh, you think it's your Wi-Fi? I don't know if it's mine. Uh, actually, it says poor connection. Okay. Maybe we can just cut this out. Thank you. So, uh, for those of you guys listening, I'd maybe skip until you hear us talking a little bit more consistently. And then rewind a little bit so you can hear us talk fully. I'm going to say this is about two skips worth. How are we doing? I'm going to message you. We back? Give me one second. Oh, Gucci. Beep, 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 beep.
<clears throat> so I'm not sure what this recording is going to come out to be like. Um, we might just have to cut all of this. But if we do, it's okay. It's no big deal. So yeah, um, thanks for listening in, guys. Uh, this podcast isn't over yet, but we really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to these nine podcasts that we have um, in store for you guys. Like we had said earlier in the uh, video, you can uh, subscribe, you can like us, and uh, I'd look forward to episode 10. It's episode 10. We're going to have a uh, guest star. It's going to be pretty cool if I, uh, if I do say so myself. I think you guys could learn a lot from the uh, person that we have on coming episode 10. And I think uh, Brady is coming back here, sorting out those technical difficulties. He's rocking a uh, plain white tee. It's a uh, designer. How are we doing? Um... Can use this time to show you guys what Santa got me. I got some 35 degree below socks. I got some Tootsie Rolls. I got some Starburst. Yo, that quality is looking much, much fresher. Yeah. Oh, and now he's gone. I spoke too soon. There we go. I think you back? Good. I think All right. Know. Here we are. Oh, fun. Okay. We're back from our, our technical difficulties. Um, I don't remember what I was talking about. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're if you're someone who's doing more than three sets, I would highly consider you evaluate the quality of your sets and the intensity of your sets and see if you could get more out of less. Um, do two sets, go balls to the walls. Obviously, don't hurt yourself. Make sure that your form stays tight and every rep looks like the last one and then basically your last rep is going to be very slow and you might only get like halfway up into your rep before you have to drop it but that's okay just do that um you know don't leave six seven reps in the tank and give yourself another set to do the same thing because you could probably getting more out of less what do you think yeah stop training rep ranges yeah about that stop yeah. training reference um, like when i was uh talking to 
so when I was t- I was just talking to Riley, shout out to Riley, Krish, not Kirsch, Krish. Um, I put him on the two set. Hold on. Oh God. Okay. We're still recording. All right, we're good. Oh, <laughs> could you imagine? Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I put so I put uh, Riley on the two set wave, and his sister's on the two set wave too, just because they work together. And he's like. Like I was telling him, it's like it's almost impossible to not progress off of this two reps off of this two set rep scheme just because every time you go in there, you're going in there to outlift your previous session. It's like you're not going to go in there having ripped 225 or 135 for eight reps. And then the following week, you're not going to go in there and say, I'm going to pull it for six. You're going to pull it for either eight and break even or if you have a mentality like we do, you're going to go in there. And you're going to go an extra rep up and you're going to get nine reps instead of eight reps. You know, it's literally, it's so hard to not progress on, on this rep scheme. Cause when you're doing like 15, 12, 10, eight, it's kind of like you just grab the same weighted dumbbells each time you do the, those repetitions. You don't, you don't, you don't have a less about progression. Yeah. You don't have like a 10 rep set and you're like, and these guys aren't like, okay, I'm going to see if I can do 15 with it. Because odds are, if you had that weight in your hand and you did 10 and you go up five pounds, you probably could have done that weight for five more reps, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Um, it's kind of damn near impossible to not progress on a two-rep uh, or a two-set rep scheme. Um, and what we do is we have a, a higher load set. That's our top set. So the other thing that I also see people do is they'll open up with a high rep range. So they'll open up with like, their t- with their top set being like in the 15 rep range and then they'll work their way to the bottom what we yeah. do is we start off with our top set with the highest working weight and we get as many repetitions out of it as we can and then on the second set we back off into a higher rep range a lower weight um and then we do the same same mentality same approach with the um you know 12 to 15 rep range as we would the six to eight rep range we are going in there to again get an extra rep up or break even most likely get a rep up though. Cause he wants to break even um, anything to say on that. No, I think that was spot on. I think we've covered how the training style works. Yeah. Uh, I, if it doesn't make sense, shoot one of us a message. <laughs> Hit us up. <laughs> At this point, I think, I think we've kind of covered it. We've covered this multiple times, mm-hmm. right? As we do a lot of different topics. Yeah, because it's Uh, important. Right. And really, you know, we will just cover the same topics over and over again because that's bodybuilding. We just do the same things over and over again. (laughs) Yeah, we get really good at them. (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you still aren't understanding how the style of training works, um, give Brandon or I a a DM on, on Instagram and or, or a comment on the video if you're watching on YouTube. And, uh, and we can try and explain it further uh, and help you kind of adopt this training style because uh, it'll probably help you progress and, and uh, you know, really get better in the gym. So Yeah, big moves. Think, yeah, that's that on training. Um, that's that on training. Uh, what was that? I said I have a question for you. Ooh. Ooh. Right, you've been rock climbing recently 
<laughs> Why so? What uh what what sprung about rock climbing? Um, I literally got invited by one of my friends, Riley, that I was just talking to you about. Um he was like, Yo, this is literally two weeks ago. Like, don't don't think I'm like a climbing aficionado by any means, guys. But um <laughs> I literally started like two weeks ago. I guess I should say rekindled a novice flame because like a year ago I did it maybe like three times just because like I was going with my friends again because um, mm-hmm. they invited me. And then uh, I didn't do it for like a year up until two weeks ago. And uh, and Riley was, you know, he was like, um, I think it was like a leg day or something. But we were in the gym and he was like, yo, you should come through like my sister and I, Amber, we've been going to the Gravity Vault, which is like a place like literally 40 minutes out um, in Poughkeepsie. No big wow. deal, guys. Oh, I don't mind the drive. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of deep. Um, and uh, they're they're good people. Super cool. Super fun to chill with. So, you know, we just started climbing. Um, it's kind of random. But it's I'm not like I'm not like okay that like I'm gonna be a rock climber now like screw lifting like not nah, like I'm like I did legs before obviously and then I went and rock climbed I have no interest in injuring myself I do like the challenge though cool challenge really cool challenge in my opinion just because it's like it's so much different you're using your body in a much different way than you would when you're like typically lifting. And I do like the mental challenge of like failing on something that because they have like versions of they have different paths that you can take. So they, they'll have like red, green, not that the colors are indicative of the difficulty. It's more so like the tag that is associated with it. So like you'll start on like a red rock or whatever. And like that rock will have like a, a tag on it and it will say like V2 or V3 or V1. And that is how difficult that path is. And, like, you know, you start to realize that, like, you know, you do something, like, easier and you fly up and it feels great and you touch the top, you're like, yeah, you, like, drop down. And then you do something, like, a little bit more challenging and you, like, fail on it a few times and you're like, oh, like, what the hell? But then it, like, you slowly start, like, getting it and then it kind of clicks and then you feel really good when you hit the top. And then you've got ones that just, like, totally put you in your place and (laughs) you just can't do them. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get you next week. But, you know, like, it's not going to happen. So... Um, and then there's the high, uh, I don't, I forgot what they call it. Um, but there's like a high rope one. It's not like a high ropes course. It's just like you're belayed, you're in a harness and you can climb up. Um, so Amber Riley's sister and her boyfriend, John, there's like belay certified. I also want to get belay certified cause I think it'd be really dope to take Kelsey and just like have her like squirrel up a wall. Um, are you? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. It's not that difficult. Apparently. <laughs> what? I said I used to climb. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Well, all right. I'm obviously talking to the viewers then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brady's like a black belt climber. Like, yeah. I just don't know this. The pocket climber. So, yeah. Um, there are ones that, you know, like, the it's like a cool challenge. And I'm also, like, low-key afraid of heights. So, like, when I get to, like, the top of these ones and I'm like, I'm like oh, I don't know if I can do it. I'm like, do it. And I just, like, do it. And, you know, that, feel, that feels really good, too. So, so yeah. And my grip, dude. My grip was obviously rocked for, like, like last week. Um, Mondays is uh, buy one or bring a friend. They pay for free, I guess. It's like buy one, get one off. Um, 
So like I've been going on Mondays with them and like squeaking in. Um, but yeah, like last Monday, dude, my my forearms were like rocked till till like today, pretty much. And then I rocked them again. So now I'm like, like no pun intended. Messes you up, man. Yeah, it really does. Like my grip strength took a hit. I was okay with like the rest of the stuff. My grip strength was on fire. It's crazy. So. Yeah. And these calluses from the barbell, they don't help nearly as much as you would think. Totally different. <laughs> you uh, you really don't use this part of your hand that much. <laughs> no, no. It's literally like the nubbins of your fingers. Yeah. You're like, you're like squirreled on a wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. Do you think it's affecting your training at all? No. Like um, yeah, like... Especially with the whole, like, I'm not, like, whooped. My my entire body's fine the day after. It's just my grip was just rocked to shit. That was really it. Um, and catch up. Yeah, yeah. I give myself, like, a week. Um, and then the only thing that I would really affect is maybe my RDL or my rack chin of some sort. But I, I have wrist wraps, so, uh, or I have straps, so that doesn't really affect it too, too much. So I'm okay, you know. Right. And I pulled an RDL today, too, before I went. Like, I've been training before I obviously go and do that so that I don't tire myself out for my actual training session. Because then I'm, I'm not going to go ham, like, rock climbing and hurt myself because I don't want to do that. Shout out to Matt Moreau. He broke his arm <laughs> rock climbing, like, a year and a half ago, maybe at this point. So, you know, I don't want to, like, Matt Moreau myself and be out for a little bit. I have learned learned from him. Ooh, that's a good segue for a question I had asked. Have uh, have you ever had any injuries? Yeah, dude, I was I was nursing a hamstring injury for like two years, bro, up really? until literally quarantine. Yeah, so catch this: when I was at Brockport, um, Kelsey and I we went to the track. And this is, like, so random. Like, we were, like, yeah, we're both going to get healthy. And, like, we both started, like, running together and, like, doing stuff together. And, like, we went to the track. And, like, we would do some sprints or, you know, she would do, like, whatever because she was on the track team and stuff. And I'm, like, kind of working on my split at the time. And um, we're, like, in the fields, like, towards the end of the workout. And I'm, like, I'm, like, I can get this split. I'm, like, so close. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm in a split. Like, I'm pretty close. My crotch is probably, like, six inches away from the ground. I'm, like, I can get there. I literally, like, I'm, like, not, like, bouncing, but I'm, like, really, like, I'm, like, shimmying my heels, like, further and further away and, like, really sinking into it. And then, like, all of a sudden, and I'm, like, and I felt my my adductor, it was, like, high groin adductor just popped, straight up popped. And I was, like, that was not good. And then I stood up, hurt like a biash, and then I, like, gave it a little stretch. And then it just like went straight cramping, just like cramped up. And then, dude, for, like I've never had a pain, like I haven't had an injury like this, but this is definitely my first injury ever. <laughs> and it was because I was doing a split and being stupid. And uh, and dude, ever since quarantine, it's been giving me problems. Like every time I went to RDL, every time I went to every time I went to um, uh, standing ham curl. Boom. It would just like light right up. And every time I would go into like knee flexion, it just light right up. And I like I couldn't shake it, dude. I could not shake it. And then quarantine happened and I couldn't do anything for three months. And now I have no pain and it has not acted up on me since. Knock on wood. 
Dead ass. So, so here's to the quarantine gods because they helped me there. That's crazy. Yeah, man. I was gonna ask what you did for it, but I guess you didn't really do it. <laughs> I did nothing. <laughs> I, I honest, I mean, I did exactly what you should do: is nothing. Kind of like thinking That's about it. <laughs> I mean, it really did help because I didn't aggravate anything. Like, just hear me out. Like. In because I wasn't someone who could just take a chill pill and not do something. So taking that chill pill allowed me to not do anything, to not re-aggravate that tendon or whatever was going in in there because I really didn't know what was good. I was being proactive about it and really trying to help it. And it was getting fixed for a second, but then it just came back up. Like it was like a tendonitis kind of a thing where like the smallest little thing would kind of send it right back into where it was. So, like, taking that time away, and, I, I'm like, dude, I'm telling you right now, like, it was, like, hamstring pain. Like, it was, like, hamstring adductor pain, predominantly adductor, but it was pain. Like, I was to the point where, like, I would just walk. I could feel it when I was sitting, like, driving my car, I could feel it. Like, that's not cool. And and just giving it the time that it needed to heal, I guess, yeah, I probably, I obviously went a little bit too far with the healing process i don't think i necessarily should have sat on my ass for as long as i did but i i think that there was a very necessary um time frame to allow that to heal up and not re-aggravate it definitely but i got really deconditioned i will admit <laughs> <laughs> so um, what about you dude i know that you had a, a shoulder injury a little bit ago I've, other than the shoulder well, I'll talk about shoulder first. Um, so earlier in this podcast, we talked about how I was getting some shoulder pain in here. Yeah. Um, which is actually where my shoulder injury was. A year and a half? No. Two and a half years ago? Two and a half years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I never really got a diagnose, so I don't know. Um, I thought it was my labrum for a while. Um, and it's because I was doing stupid shit. Um, mostly just not controlling my bench presses. Yeah. My, yeah. And just, yeah. <laughs> and so I just messed up my, my whole shoulder area in here where my my chest and shoulder and bicep all connect. There, there's so many tendons and connections and nerves that run in through this little space in here. I forget what it's called. but It's like the subacromial space or whatever. Yeah, if, if something gets aggravated in there and then it gets inflamed, um, you'll just, you're going to feel pain. It'll, it'll literally be like inside your shoulder mm. um and so that that's kind of what happened to me i think something just got really aggravated in there and then i never really gave it the time to heal which then just made it more aggravated and everything in there just started to you know kind of fill the fill the gap and uh kind of rub against each other and it turned into this whole mess uh and that was one thing that i let knock me out of the gym for way too long um mm. It just got me upset. I was very upset about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, dealing with injuries sucks. My 
other injury. This one is way cooler. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually had... I had a back injury. Yeah, I had a pinched nerve in my back. Um, like, right in my central nervous system. And it essentially paralyzed the whole right side of my body. If if I aggravated it and basically the nerve pinched, the whole right side of my body would just, like, die. Entire like, right side. Like, not actually die, but it would just, like, all of it would... I'd lose all feeling, and I'd, I'd literally... Like, I fell over the first time it happened. Tangling? Pins and needles? Just, like... Yeah. Just yeah. gone. Yeah. Kind of okay. like pins and needles, but, like, couldn't do anything with it. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Scary. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, um, that is crazy. The, and it kind of, I guess it was almost a chronic issue because it happened more than once. <laughs> wow. um, the first time it ever happened, I think I was a senior in high school. Um, I was getting ready for school in the morning, and I like, I like lifted my arm up to brush my teeth. And when I lifted my arm, it moved my scap right that pinched the nerve. And I literally just collapsed in the bathroom. Whoa. And I, like, I had no idea what was going on. It hurt so bad. Like, I was in pain. Wow. Um, That's nuts. Yeah, I walked around with a cane for a while in high school. <laughs> oh, my God. Just because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't walk. Right? Dude, holy it, shit, man. Yeah, it was really bad. Um like if if I put pressure through my leg, it would go all the way upstream. Basically, the pinched nerve was like right at the scap. So if mm. I did anything with it, it would just uh, it would act up. Yeah. And so I kind of walked around with a cane to keep pressure <laughs> off of my foot, so that it wouldn't aggravate. And yeah. That should help people recognize that everything is interconnected in our body you know it <laughs> like the, the issue the issue was all the way up here you know into my back though but taking a step affected it yeah um so everything's connected but that happened and then it never really got diagnosed until i went to brockport and then it happened again um this is for the second time this is, yeah, this was the second time I was pulling a deadlift, and, yeah, <laughs> I I was pulling a deadlift, and I was fine with the weight, but it tapped the ground wrong, and it got that, that bounce, yeah. and it threw me off, and it re-triggered it, and I was just like, I was messed up again. Yeah. <laughs> And so I went to the athletic trainers in Brockport, and they actually figured it out for me. Like, when, when it first happened, I went to doctors and stuff. They had no idea what was wrong with me. I yeah. went to a chiropractor, and chiropractor was shit, and he just cracked me a couple of times like, you're good. Yep. <laughs> I like, I'm not. I was in so much pain after that chiropractor visit. Really? Oh, Yeah. I don't think I walked the rest of the day. Like, I couldn't move. It messed me up. Damn. Yeah, it was a bad time. But in Brockport, I went to the athletic trainers, and they kind of moved me through this whole 
this whole central nervous system reset like they i had to do a whole bunch of different movements and they like pressure pointed different things and it just like reset my whole central nervous system and let me tell you what man i have never slept better in my life after that i would get home from it was like a 15 minute session where we just moved things around and they pushed on places and i would get back to my dorm i'd get in bed and i'd knock out for like four hours oh shit like just i don't know what it is i don't know enough about the central nervous system to talk about it um but when they played with it and they did the whole reset it knocked me out like that's really interesting that's really interesting yeah it was so cool yeah that's (laughs) really cool and you haven't had a problem since and they worked me through it and then i started feeling better it was awesome and then uh yeah and then i was good to go and i've i've been pretty much good ever since um there was one time during quarantine that i almost felt it like feel pressure again yeah um and i just kind of i just kind of like eased off for the week and i was good okay cool wow yeah that's really that's interesting yeah definitely the way cooler injury (laughs) definitely yeah and it's got a really cool like recovery process as well that's very interesting Mm -hmm. so maybe you had like a nerve like bundled up somewhere yeah and like a bit of fascia and they like loosened it up or something that's really cool yeah yeah it was really interesting yeah that is really interesting yeah it's pretty crazy the the spine and like the spinal cord and how like it it works and like shit like that it's like it's pretty it's very like systematic like it's almost like robotic like if shit if shit happens like higher in your spine pretty much everything underneath wherever the trauma is doesn't work very well yeah 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 like if you have a cervical issue like in your neck that's not cool yeah because because underneath your neck is your lungs and those things do innervate your lungs like it's it's apparently like it's really bad if you have like obviously like a cervical neck injury compared to like a lower lumbar one just because it's like it can turn your lungs off like how crazy is that yeah that's nuts the human body is so cool yeah yeah it really is yeah i've i've never pulled a muscle though I think I had a massive or, to- or torn a muscle. Yeah, I've never like bottom like I've never like third degree strained anything. Yeah, definitely. Like bicep, like rolled. Like I've never had a muscle like roll back up into its origin point, you know, or well, anything like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so nuts. Like guys like deadlifting, and then they and then their like bicep rolls up into their shoulder. Yeah. I so knock on wood, but outside of that hand or the adductor thing, that was that was rough. Like I heard that pop, that was mm-hmm. not hurt. Yeah. yeah, I'm expecting at some point I'll probably have some other injury. Ah, don't say that, man. You're good. <laughs> knock on wood, man. Yeah, I don't know what it would be though. I, I know that's so scary. Just like how I perform movements and I think it's going to keep me healthy for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I figure at some point something has to happen. The way I think of it, dude, it's like 
if you're a parent and you have kids, they're going to get hurt somehow. Like, you know you've got a couple ER trips in you. Yeah. Like, Same I, thing with it, us. It's, it's kind of part of the sport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's there are times where I also think the same thing when when I'm like you know it's been a while since like something bad's happened. It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, things have kind of gone too well for too yeah, long. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know. I was like just talking to my dad and yeah, they were talking. We were like talking about hernias and I like stupidly yeah. was like, yeah, I'll never get a hernia because like I lift properly and I'm like, fuck, I should not have said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I never get a hernia. Yeah, me too. They don't sound very fun. I mean, they're kind of easier fixes nowadays, but still, I don't want anything wrong with me, period. I don't want anything happening. Knock on wood. Uh, I think the surgery just kind of messes people up, though. It really does, dude. There, I see. I am so afraid of doctors just because I see how much they mess people up. Like there are circumstances where like it works out and people have like a great surgery and people boast all about it. But there are so many more scenarios that I've heard from people where they're like, "I got this surgery and I've been messed up ever since." Yeah. Or I went to the doctor and they told me I couldn't do something forever. It's like yep. they told me that I'll never be able to get my arms over my head forever, and they're like twenty years old. I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Your doctor told you that you'll never get your hands over your head, and you're 25. Get out of town. Like I'm like, get over here. Let's figure out what we can do for you. Let's get to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, let's just cut the BS. I, I'm. That's like one of the more upsetting things is just when a doctor tells someone that they can't do something to me, and then it like frightens them. You know. Yeah. I have people that don't even know what the doctors did to them. Like they had like super invasive surgeries and, and like, and I'm like, what else? Like what happened? Like the details, like tell me the details. And they're like, I don't know. Like, as a matter of fact, I didn't even want to know. So I still don't know. And I'm like, I need more than that. Is your right. spine fused? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the whole tangent on doctors again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What episode was that? Yeah, we can't. <laughs> I don't. I think that was like probably Six. three or four, maybe. Was it really that early? Huh. Yeah, we just got like we just like went right <laughs> right into it. Yeah. <laughs> like episode one, why doctors are no. Why good. doctors <laughs> suck? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, injuries are interesting. Very. <laughs> although, although that one sounds kind of scary um i think i'm very fortunate that i haven't really had anything crazy crazy that's you know fully changed who i am and what i do um you know like i i haven't had any muscle tears yeah um or hernia or i haven't even had a broken bone yeah me neither knock on wood i do have some a nasty scar on my back though you have any Dude. scars? What? No. Um, well, yeah, I've got a couple. Cool. Nice. <laughs> Battle scars. I've yeah, got a shark. Can you see it? Oh, yeah. That was a shark. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I could tell. Oh. <laughs> now, this, uh, I was working on making car parts, and uh, a tool slipped. Ooh. Last my finger. Is that a gusher? No. Really? Yeah, and because the tool that slipped 
was a tool that was rotating very, very, very fast. Ah, oh, you lucky. Rotating so fast it actually cauterized the skin <laughs> as it cut it. So oh, my there, God. There was zero blood. God damn, dude. Yo. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Holy shit. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Yo, that's uh, crazy. What was it on? It happened at like 2 a.m. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, God damn it, Brady. <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a previous business, we, uh, we had a big launch coming, and I had to make sure I had these parts ready to ship out. And so I was up very late making car parts. <laughs> well, I was so mad when this happened. Yeah, I bet, Broke dude. Schools, I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you had to have been. I wanted to go to bed. Right. I know. Now you got to go to the hospital. Yeah. And deal with no, all that stuff. Dude. Oh, I, no. Dude. No. I oh, take it. Yeah. I Damn. take it. Stop working. <laughs> Brady's a badass. Jesus. <laughs> I don't go to doctors. It's actually something that. I need to start doing because I'm getting deeper into the sport yeah. is go to doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually learned the other day that I don't have like a primary care physician. Mm. Is that what it is? Physician? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make sure you have like insurance too, I guess. That but... I do. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't, I don't have a primary care or, you know, any doctor that I'm just like, oh, let me call up my doctor. No, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have anyone like that. Um, so I gotta Brady is his own doctor. I, dude, I am my own doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have fixed almost every problem I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who needs a doctor? Who needs doctors? They don't know shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I ask myself to cough. But, uh... <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm sure doctors yeah. definitely should have a primary care physician. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I want to start getting blood work done. Make sure I'm up to tabs and I'm healthy and things are looking okay. Because um, yeah. that's kind of what takes people out of the sport. Of course. More than injuries is their blood work, their organ health. Mm-hmm. So, no. I, uh, I'm getting on top of that. I'm going to get some blood work done and Go through it all, make sure I'm doing okay. Cool. Um, I think I am. I feel fine. Yeah. I've got good blood pressure and, and all that stuff, so. That's good. Okay. Yeah. I know you take your vitamins, too, so stuff's probably looking okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know, right? Um, no, you never know. You got to get it checked out so that you can actually see those numbers for yourself. Definitely. There's a... Um, there's someone in the team, the Gloff team, that, uh, you know, he thought he was fine, but he actually went and got his blood work. And uh, there was, I forgot what it was, but there was some piece that was off. And they're like, oh, we should we should probably look into this. Mm. Uh, might have been his blood sugar. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, uh, Get yeah, that shit blood, checked. blood work is a good thing to have and, and look through. Um, especially if you're in the sport and you're doing, you know, kind of getting. Yeah, if heavy. you're massing, definitely, yeah. if you're massing. Because when you start pushing your body weight up, biomarkers tend to not do so hot when you start putting weight on. Yeah. So. Yeah, especially when you're pushing hard. Um, 
you know, we're both natural, but if you're a geared athlete, you should absolutely be getting blood work done regularly. Yeah. Um, you know, probably every other month. Yeah. Uh, if you're close to a, you know, a show, get it done once a month. Yeah, I was going to say once a month for, for some peeps. Right. Um, so definitely make sure you're on top of your health and your blood work. Um, cause stuff like that can take you out of this sport faster than any injury will. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and you can really mess yourself up. So, yeah, Definitely. I feel like it, like injuries are a nice, they can set you up for success. If you look at them the right way. Explain. <laughs> so like when you finally get over your injury, it's kind of like a weight has been lifted off of you, especially if you're someone who's more proactive in kind of healing what was good. Like for me, it was kind of just like, oh, God, like the shackles came off by themselves. I was like, all right. <laughs> but like for you, it was like, you know, you had to do a little bit more digging. You had to kind of figure out what was, you know, wrong. And, you know, you were able to kind of you were, and you found more answers and you kind of you got to the bottom of it a little bit more. You know, you might still have like a little bit in there. Who knows? Like the last like five percent maybe needs to be wiggled out. But like right. you you've overcome it. So like you're a better person after having overcome something like that. You know, yeah. it was nothing life changing, you know, like the clouds didn't open up and you were like, OK, I got to chill. <laughs> but it was something that definitely kind of challenged you a little bit and made you grow. You know, yeah. Some people just stop. You know, if that happened to anyone else, that you know, some people would have just been like, "That's it for my lifting career." Like, I like having both of my legs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's funny that that one didn't stop me at all. Yeah. Like, but my shoulder one, it, it just like it took me out for like. Six months. Damn. It just, uh, it really poo-pooed my mood. It does, <laughs> yeah, dude. Get, like, being, having an injury is poo-poo. Yeah. And, you know, looking back on it, I'm sitting in a bed right now, by the way. Uh, <laughs> no, I could, like, see <laughs> Haley's toes, like, chime in every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> like, dink, dink. <laughs> um, yeah, if, Looking back on it, if I would have had some more guidance on what to do when injury happens, because I didn't, I really didn't have any guidance. I was just kind of running by myself, like normal. Um, and so what I would have done instead is taken that time to just like grow my legs like crazy, yeah, like just perfect hitting legs because it was just in my shoulder you know really the only thing the only movements that didn't work for me were pressing movements yeah that was it i could still hit back probably um you know i could still hit legs i could still hit arms mm -hmm. like i i wish i would have realized that even though I was going to have to take some time off of chest, 
there was still so much other progress I could have made in that time. Yeah. You know? So if I could go back, that's what I would have done. Um, However, in that time off, that led me to my, my tremendous weight gain, which led me to Glock. And now I'm here. Yeah, everything happens for a reason, dude. Yeah, it all works out, you know. It really does. Yeah, it all comes out in the wash. <laughs> you know, but I think I'll be honest, it would be cool to have like a crazy set of legs right now. <laughs> I I concur. You know, I I don't know. I think I think I probably would have ended up um working with Nick either way. Because, like, I I picked up to work with him as soon as I saw him advertising that he was taking clients. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember he put out, like, a testimonial from a client, and he was like, I'm taking out clients. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And I sent him a message. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think either way, I probably would have ended up with Nick. But... What I learned from my journey, starting where I did, um, was really beneficial. You know, it taught me a lot. Yeah. I think it's all very necessary to get where you need to get, or after you've gotten where you've gotten, everything that led up to where you're standing right now was necessary. And just as much a part of the process, even if it was bad, as the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Even if from an outside perspective it looks like you lost your way, yeah. you know, some something was learned there. Yeah. That exactly. allowed you to get to where you needed to be. Yeah. I think Pitbull said there's no failures, only lessons. <laughs> 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 Which is very true. It's very true. You know. It's like it's really I think uh the biggest thing that can shift in someone is their mentality. You know, and how because you can look at the same picture two different ways. So it just depends on what you are seeing and what you're allowing to speak louder in your head. You know, I I always I do think that there's like there's a part of you that wants you to fail. And there's a part of you that wants to succeed. And I think people listen to either of the two advocates one a little bit more than the other like sometimes the one that's telling you that you can't is speaking a little bit louder or you're just paying attention more to that one than the one that's telling you that you can do certain things and i think that once you stop allowing yourself to kind of bully yourself because like let's be honest we can be dickheads to ourselves, you know like we are the biggest jerks to ourselves in my opinion i think we're the hardest critics so you know just just knowing that you have that inner critic and not allowing you to get in your way and just you know it can change the way that you look at things especially things that kind of test you and that try you you know like injuries yeah Yeah. all right man how long have we been on i'm gonna say like an hour maybe 20 yeah i was gonna say like hour 20 hour 30 we were probably talking for like 10, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, beforehand. 
Yeah. Um, Anything should we call it? I don't know if I have any other questions. Let me take one quick look. Yeah, all my questions were on rep schemes and progression. Oh, so we kind of covered that. Yeah, we beat those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, by the way, if uh, if you listen to this and you have a question, um, you know, Brandon and I generally try to put up a poll on our Instagrams. Uh, before we we record this um, and that's kind of a good place to get your questions in um, I'll say it again Brandon's Instagram is at capo raw and uh, mine is at dude who trains underscore Brady Thistle um, yes, those are in the description as well so you can find those there uh, let's see here we got to have one question to wrap this up on. All right. All right. I'm going to scroll to a random one. Yes. Oh, crap. Jesus. Oh, crap. <laughs> um. Ooh. Okay. This is actually a bit of an odd question to end the podcast on, but we're going to go with it anyway. I like it. <clears throat> Do you think you need to specifically train traps? I do. I always hear that, and I'm always like, you don't need to directly train them. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm on the the side of, no, you don't have to directly train them. That's it. Um, But I should probably give a little bit more reasoning. Yeah, give some explanation as to why you don't have to directly train them. Okay. Um, So. Gotta crack my neck for this one, I guess. Um, So. The way I think about it is the trickle-down volume that you get from other lifts, even though they might be, like, isometric, um, I do think that the traps get loaded a pretty decent amount with RDLs um, and our rows and pretty much any rowing variation. And also, um, the dumbbell retractions also do a really good job of developing mid-trap. And in my my opinion, just kind of like everything, like I know that the fiber direction doesn't really align for a um, dumbbell retraction, particularly like directly into the traps, but like close, I think it's pretty dang close. Um, and I also think that even though something is isometric, I think it can still grow because if you think about your erectors and just developing like a big RDL and a big back the erectors get bigger and what's to say that the trap tissue wouldn't do the same yeah I uh, I totally agree I don't think you have to directly train traps um, because they are 
um, being affected in your barbell row, in your any kind of deadlift, um, any hinged over pattern, right? So anytime you aren't trying to let your whole upper body collapse into a C, um, you're essentially utilizing your upper, mid, lats. You're using everything in your back to keep you from collapsing. All of, all of the muscles in there have to hold their position, um, which is an isometric, um, so that you don't collapse. Yeah. Also, I think most people train traps the wrong way anyway if they do you can directly train I, when people are talking about traps i think they're talking about your upper traps here right the ones that most people think about not your mid traps um or even like yeah that's another big thing like your traps literally start at the base of your skull and they go all the way like into your mid thoracic back like yeah. i don't think people know that yeah either so i think most people are talking about these traps that are yeah. here um yeah. So what you see a lot of people do is shrugs, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is a really ineffective way to train traps. Mm -hmm. That's not how the muscle fibers lay. Um, all you're doing is just testing your shoulder's ability to not disconnect at the joint. <laughs> um, if you wanted to do upper traps, you can take that same idea that you're doing and then lean over at like a 15 degree angle. So yeah. lean forward at a 15 degree angle and then shrug. Yeah. Right. Um, so your traps, their fibers run this way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when... Yeah, sure. This is your traps, right? <laughs> and so when you're squeezing them like this, doing this with your shoulders doesn't work. Yeah. It, it's just very, very ineffective way to try and train traps. Um, go with the way the muscle fibers lay and then stretch them fully. Mm -hmm. so this position and then all the way back yeah i've even seen dudes grab like crucifix style not cables crossed but like a cable down maybe on like the third pin from the bottom and they literally just like come in like linearly but still at the same time it's like yes you'll access those fibers but what is doing that a thousand times over going to do for your traps Probably not nearly as much as holding an RDL, like bent yeah. at 90. You know I mean? Again, and, and this is why we don't train them directly. If you're doing a barbell row, you're working your traps. Yes. Everything in that musculature, when you move your scaps around your spine, is stretching and contracting. Well, contracting and, yeah, I said that right. Stretching and contracting. Yep. Um, so the... If you're doing a barbell row, there's there's no need. You got them covered. I uh, the fuck? I typed in traps one through four 
on uh, Google, and I'm getting like plumbing, like PVC pump plumbing. Nice. <laughs> um, there we go. Um, is my screen sharing by any chance? It is. I see hey. Myself. Oh, and now you're gone. Okay, so, um, yeah, basically, guys, this is the, the traps, and they run probably farther down than you thought. Um, <laughs> so, like we had said, they start at the very top of the skull. So, if you're doing anything that's like, like if you have a barbell in your hand and you're shrugging it directly up, none of these fibers from trap, pretty much like trap two to trap four, won't, will not be summoned. You're pretty much accessing these upper fibers, kind of. But you can still see that the fiber direction, you still have to kind of pull in line with that fiber direction. If you're doing straight up and down, you're probably accessing these guys a little bit more, like T1. Um, but still, we want, we're want we looking for like full trap development, and that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Just get a slight bend, and then do, do a hinge over about 15 degrees, and then do the same exact movement that you were just doing so yep. say you grabbed a barbell and you're holding it in front of you and you're trying to do shrugs take that same exact movement except bend over 15 degrees and do it and tell me your traps aren't more engaged now yeah i, I actually do with that it's that difference yeah uh, so, that's thinking? how I've been doing them for like pretty much from the very beginning. I distinctly remember me with a bar in my hand and my torso angle around 15 degrees. And I was trapped. I was used like that's just like the bar path that I just really enjoyed. And I remember someone coming up to me and being like, I don't think you should like lean forward into that. And I was like, it's <laughs> a little like, and this is at the time where I literally didn't know like Jack, but I just knew that like having my torso like that just felt so much better. Yeah, and it's just like, if you're standing straight up, you're also just dragging the bar across your body. Yeah. <laughs> just bang. Like, get the slight bend, it then is giving you, or the bar clearance to move freely. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be moving with the muscle fibers going to actually be able to achieve a stretched position mm -hmm. which is scientifically proven to be where hypertrophy occurs yeah <laughs> there are factors to hypertrophy i also dude the other thing that i also see a lot of a, a big mistake with traps is i think it's just an ego lift as well i think it's an opportunity yeah. for someone to strap four plates on either side and move it two inches yeah you know that's true which is so funny because you can get way more out of it if you just do like a plate. Get the lean forward and actually do it right. You'll yeah. get so much more out of the movement. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's funny. I've actually been thinking about this exact point like a ton uh, recently. Um, and I think it's because I do calves all the time. And it's like, People will throw, like, you know, like five plates on a calf machine and, and then just start ripping it. Yeah, let's do, like, tendon ups. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's just like, 
if you have more plates on your calf machine than you do your squat bar, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, your calves are so small. You should not be able to calf raise more than you squat. Pretty much. There you go. There's your benchmark, you guys. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's it's like what's more impressive, you know? Like I think it's way more impressive for someone to handle a lower load but immaculately than it is to just be ridiculous with a high load. Honestly. For most people, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care at all. If you have one plate, we'll just continue to talk about calves. You could have <laughs> five pounds on that calf machine. Yeah. And I won't give a shit. Yeah. Like, do your calves. As long as they're moving immaculately. Right. Move it right. Do what you gotta do. I'm gonna or do even it. then, do you not care? What? Or even then, do you not care? Even if they're moving well. I'm just like, fuck it. I don't care. Um, oh, no. I, I like to see people move weight properly. That's the yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't. I don't give a shit what other people lift in the gym, honestly. Except for Calvin. <laughs> Except different. <laughs> rivalry. Yeah. Good for the sport. It's a healthy Pokemon rivalry that we've yeah. got going on here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... I don't know. Everybody's in, in different places in their training career. Right? I don't yeah. know what program looks like i don't know what their food looks like i don't like there's just there's so many variables to everything that what somebody is lifting on a specific day has no weight in what i think about them i suppose yeah sorry i'm hearing like rustling in the back i don't know (laughs) <laughs> Am I being robbed? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Bring him in on the podcast. Guest star. I was gonna say we caught him on the podcast. If anything, <laughs> so, I started shouting things out like uh, "taken." <laughs> yeah, like someone could squat one thirty-five, and as long as they're doing it right, that's awesome. You know, yep. it could be a deload week for them. They could just be coming off of an injury. Yeah. There's so many reasons why the load on the bar just doesn't matter to me. Like, I'd rather just see someone move weight well. Yeah. Yeah, like, there are so many reasons for someone to move a, a low load, but yeah. there really are not a lot of reasons for someone to move a high load improperly. Yeah. Yeah. We got there from traps. Anyway, people, <laughs> don't need to train your traps. Just do barbell rows. Yeah. And just do compound movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, that's it. Do compound movement. Dude, you know what I will say, dude, is that uh, ever since I started incorporating those, so like the retractions came to me a little bit later than they did you. Like I didn't, I haven't had retractions yeah. programmed for me until like a month or like two months ago, I'd say. Oh, I've been doing them forever. I know, yeah, and your mid-trap development's been getting up there. I can see a difference. 
definitely in my <laughs> mid trap just to say like yeah. the the uh the retractions have definitely been helping me in terms of mid trap development and i'm also i think it's also the, the rowing a little bit heavier and pulling a little bit more on my rdl as well but yeah. the the retractions have definitely helped my shoulders for sure and my rowing path you know just like my scaps kind of unlocking them the ungluer as we used to say I'm uh, I've started using them as a way to try and progress my RDL. Hmm. Um, just because a lot of times with my RDL, I'm kind of I'm getting to a weight now where I'm starting to collapse, and I can't keep like a neutral shoulder. Hmm. Um. Because I just my upper back just isn't strong enough to hold. Or uh-huh. for a minute straight. Yeah, because <laughs> you're literally like a buck eighty, buck ninety. <laughs> and and so I'm kind of using I'm using the retractions as a way to try and strengthen my upper back, mm. so that I can go further into my RDL sets. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I, I've been taking the progress on those more seriously. Um, I kind of treated them as just like more like a prep movement for a while um especially with quarantine because i only had up to 50 pound dumbbells Mm. and then just recently you know now i'm back in the gym and all that stuff and i was like i need to take these more seriously as like something to progress on and so now now i've far moved them up and i've you know i'm retracting 80s um and wow. just looking to continue to move it forward. Good shit, dude. And, uh, it's actually been a lot better. So dope. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know you were tracked in eighties. Good shit. Yeah, I uh, I definitely got super complacent with them. <laughs> yeah, I can see like, it happening. I've been making it a point to sit in the stretches and get at that exercise and not put it on the back burner, and it's been paying off. Yeah. Yeah. I just I took it like I said. I took it like a prep movement. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of something that I was trying to progress load, I just used the same load and just went for the same feel every time. Yeah. Like I was trying to warm up my scaps. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and now I'm trying to make it a point to progress them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how all that goes. Uh, I've kind of had a bit of a mental switch in my training recently about... Um, you know, nothing is an accessory. And uh, everything should be taken with the same seriousness and goal to progress as your main movement. Because um, I, I, I definitely, like, super slacked um, trying to progress, like, my curls. Um, just because they don't, they don't progress as fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it, that's a recent switch for me. So I'll yeah. have to come back and kind of give some input later on how all that's going. But I yeah, it's funny. It's like I just, I got super complacent and just curled 25s for like months. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my arms never changed. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. And yeah. Now I'll do, you know, I've 
move my way up and I'll do 35s for, you know, 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. And just working on pushing that and then get them to 15 and then go to 40s and then get them to 15 and then go to 45s. And just like actually try and progress my accessory movements. Um, especially since my arms are already a, a slacking body part. Mm-hmm. You know, I might go back to, I mean, also, I need to stop slacking on them as well. I think it's so funny. It's like completely opposite for, you ask anyone else and they're like, everything else is on the back burner besides their shoulders and their arms or their chest. But it, <laughs> and then you ask us and it's like, yeah, our biceps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. What do you need to go back to? Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I, I literally like forgot. And I was like, it doesn't matter um i dude so i know nick isn't really a believer of like uh like intraset intensifiers outside of like partials so far i mean i'm sure he's fine with a bunch of other things as well like drop sets and stuff like that um but but i know he doesn't like adding things in until it's necessary um but like i used to um i had like occluded arms in put put in like almost at the end of every session, if not every other session for my arms. Mm. And my arms were much bigger than they are now. So um I might <laughs> I might start including my arms and doing that, putting a little bit more volume into them. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that actually is fun. Like including your arms, because you get like you feel like you have like Thanos arms. And you're just like, oh, like you literally like snap and the world would break. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, I gotta make sure my arm training is up to par before yeah. I do that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was the thing that I was gonna say. Like, I should, I have to make sure that everything else is like in line before we start adding an into. It, like, it has to be a certain standard. Yeah. Before. Yeah. I put it up. There has to be some consistency. Do you think I could do occluded calves? Uh, I actually, I would, yeah, it sounds like a great idea, right? I've been there and I've done them. And, uh, long story short, you shouldn't do that because you have a nerve that innervates very superficial, um, behind your knee and Mm -hmm. doing calves occluded can aggravate that nerve. So I would suggest not doing it often if you're going to, (laughs) and here I am like, just like occluded calves, like, like going up and down for like months, bro. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I should chill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to fill all of my sweatpants. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, what's this, like, occluding, like, upper leg and still doing calves would have a small effect, I'm guessing, but not nearly as much as, like, just straight up occluding that, like, just your calf. But, like I said, I don't think it's the safest thing to do anymore. Yeah, probably not. I just yeah. That was a thing that people did. Yeah, like that was enough for me to say, okay, maybe I won't do that then. Because like, <laughs> like, like most stuff, it's like, well, you can kind of push the limits there. But this one was like, there's a nerve that innervates that leg. So like, maybe you shouldn't do that. I'm like, okay. I don't want to like shear the, the lipid layer off of my nerve and further atrophy my calf. You can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've got, I've got a good track record with nerves. <laughs> yeah, I know, right, Brady? Yeah, that's you should be the last person. To do that. I'll lose my foot. My whole foot goes black. Yeah. You just have gangrene. What happened? Yep. Calf raises. I was just doing calves. 
now it's gangrene. It's like World War Two all over again. Yeah. Goddamn. Brady. Right, man. I go mean, enjoy your night with Haley. Probably hates you. It's gonna go to bed. <laughs> Uh, so we'll wrap this one up, guys. Um, gosh dang it. What just happened? <laughs> I couldn't put my webcam on accident. Uh. <laughs> um, you're, you're like, let's wrap this up. I'm signing off like, immediately. <laughs> just kidding. All right, guys. Uh, if you made it this far, thanks for listening to us ramble. Um, Go ahead and give us a like and subscribe if you haven't yet. Check us out on Apple Podcasts because that's where we are now, along with Spotify, YouTube, and a handful of other podcast channels. Um, yeah, just thank you guys for being here with us. We've uh, we've finished the single digits. Um, so next episode is episode number ten. That'll be coming out next Tuesday, and uh, we got a special special guest with us for that one. It's uh, it's gonna be a really cool podcast. Probably a lot of really good information um, with a man much smarter than Brandon or myself. Um, so it, it'll be cool to get him on and pick his brain a bit. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that one. Um, other than that, I think that's all I've got. Signing out. Signing out, guys. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Hey. hey. <laughs>